Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Words About Books. I'm Ben. I am sadly not here with my co-host, Nate, because today we're going to be bringing you a bit of extra footage from our first episode of Marked. The episode was getting quite long, and we had to make some cuts, but we both decided that, that this bit was just too interesting and, and too important, really, to lose. So what you're about to hear is... My detailed calculations regarding the economics of Psychopomps Inc. and their gold operation. Uh, I also did some calculations to determine whether or not the fairies would conceivably have the free time required to ferry every human soul to the afterlife. The results may surprise you. So with that in mind, I, I really hope you enjoy this special bonus episode from Marked. And we will, of course, be back next week with Marked Part 2. Thank you, as always, for listening, and I hope you enjoy it. And Ben, you had some fun thoughts about these weird coins. I Why did. don't you go in, into detail? Okay. This is actually the list I was referring to. Um, many of these things get answered, and some of them, the answers have more questions, but... Okay, let's just jump into it. So, uh, obviously, I, I think the answer to most of these questions is the idea that uh, you you save a penny for the ferryman um, from Greek mythology and all the other. Right now, now first first we should uh, we should mention that we're calling this Ben's bad faith criticism corner. Yes. Okay. This is all where right. I offer um, nitpicky, annoying, bad faith cinemasins style questions. So, what do the coins from the afterlife look like? Um, are the hell coins and the heaven coins different coins? If not, why not? And who makes them? Now, I I actually attempted to research this a little. <laughs> that sounds so awful. And the only thing I could really come up with is on... Hang on, I'm, I'm bringing something up on my computer because I, I, I didn't think I would actually talk about this, but I'm going there. So the only thing I could find is, uh, interestingly enough, on the cover of my version of the book, the coin is on the cover. And now I don't know how much thought Sarah Fine actually put into this cover. Oh, is that the coin? I thought that was the scope. No, that's a coin. I don't know why you think the scope is a coin. It looks nothing like a coin. Only they're, they're both circular. That's it. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> It's described as a scope that you can see through. No, so there is a raven or some sort of bird on the coin. And there's some little, like, I can only assume it says, you know, in God we trust, ha ha ha, I am, on the on the rim of the coin. So I may have answered that question. And it would appear to be a neutral symbol, so there are not separate heaven and hell coins. I, I, I'm going to count that one tentatively solved. So uh, my, my next point was... Why would they only give one coin per soul when they know that the fee has to be split two ways? Um, why not just give two coins of lesser value, one for the Reaper and one for the Fairy? And do they always need a cure nearby so that they can bite the coin in half? Or do they just say like, okay, we're killing 16 people tonight, I'll give you eight. Seems a little poorly thought out on the part of the keepers of the afterlife third point 
Uh, it turns out the coins are literally just gold. I had assumed that maybe they were magical in nature, and maybe, like, the fairies in the Kier had to get these coins to power their magics or continue extend their lifespans or something but no it's it's just it's just gold uh they literally wanted to be paid so with that said is god not able to arrange direct deposit does he not know that the world doesn't use gold coins anymore am i only the the only thing the book ever did to answer this for me was uh the keepers of the afterlife are pretty incompetent and not nearly as powerful as I would have thought. So I don't know that the keepers of the afterlife are are literally like gods. I, I don't know what they are, but I'm going to file that one away as like a maybe answered in the sequels. So um, next point, why do people who struggle with access to drinking water care about gold i assume like okay the fairies are super rich they don't need you know they 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 might want to buy fancy luxury things but who do they sell the gold to like if i delivered you a pizza and you handed me a gold coin i wouldn't really know what to do with that (laughs) like i need to give my boss cash um so i just wondered like who are they selling this to who who is looking for gold But that is kind of answered in, I'm going to lump this in with my next point. Uh, So yeah, who's buying the coins? Somebody is obviously turning the gold into US dollars. It's mentioned several times that the coins are the source of the family's wealth. And so there must be a bunch of bankers, possibly jewelers, government officials who are wondering uh, why all these random people in Boston keep showing up with more gold coins. And, And I said, but this is before I read the rest of the book, unless they melt the coins down or something, in which case even more people would know. And it turns out they do melt the coins down or something. Ashlyn's job is actually to melt the coins down into bars for sale on the open market. And she is using the family's immense wealth and stores of gold to uh, prop up several failing economies. She's basically a federal bank that controls interest rates, but on a global scale. That actually was answered and kind of, uh, I, I was surprised. She, she, I thought that was just going to be a stupid criticism, but. Is that, does that explain inflation? Ah, so I'm going to talk to you about inflation here. So I did some calculations. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, okay. So first, we're going to try to figure out just how wealthy the fairies are. We estimated. And this, this may be a little too extreme, but we estimated that there's only a billion people left in the world because so much of the world is uninhabitable now. So uh, the current world population is about 6.7 billion. And the current death rate is uh, 8.33 per 1,000 people, about. Um, you should keep that in mind. Now, I didn't know exactly what the weight of the gold coins was in the book. I did scour the text. I couldn't find it. But for approximation purposes, I'm going to use the one ounce American gold eagle as a standard for about what these coins would have been. And that coin is approximately 33.9 grams. Now, it's not pure gold, um, but 
for the sake of argument, we'd assume because these these coins aren't described as being soft and squishy that th- they're not pure gold either. Uh, I again, I couldn't find exactly what the alloy was. Sorry. So um, we figured if there are one billion people left after global warming, that means what? Five point seven billion people have died. According to my calculations, that die-off over a short period of time would have generated approximately 227,130,000 kilograms of gold, which at current market value is 11347414814800000 dollars. Um, and just to give you an idea, because those are pretty big numbers, there are 4,177,071 and some change kilograms of gold in Fort Knox. So just due to the global warming related fatalities, the uh, Ferry family has acquired 54. F- no, I'm sorry, not the Ferry family, because this would have had to have been split with the Kiri. Uh, overall, they've generated about 54 Fort Knox's worth of gold just in that die off period. And this, this has been going for at least 2,000 years, so they've got more than that in the bank. In that die-off period, which is probably the most extreme event, they would have inflated the gold supply by only 1.36%. So uh, the last I checked, gold was trading at about, I want to say it was like $47 per gram or something. But yeah, the inflation's still making them trillions of dollars. So... Um, I know that was one criticism you had that you were afraid that with all this gold coming in there, they would deflate the value and they would, but only by 1.36% like in the most extreme case. So if gold could somehow maintain its market value in a post-apocalyptic world, which uh, the Fox News advertisements assure me it will, (laughs) then I think the fairies are in pretty good financial shape. What the hell were we talking about? (laughs) We, We... We were doing the bad faith criticism corner. Okay, right. We did a pretty solid job, but I see you have a couple more points if you want to go go the extra distance. (laughs) Maybe we could put these like at the end if anybody like this could be our outro. (laughs) (laughs) We're obviously we're being silly. Um, None of these actually make us lose faith in the author or make us destroy the world the fictional world and throw us back out into the primary world no if anything it enhanced it because the only unbelievable thing is that gold maintained its market value if it did everything makes sense like my calculations actually confirmed the story i also found out that it is realistic that the fairies have the amount of free time that they have there are more than <laughs> enough fairies to work like an 8 hour shift ferrying and and be good like they'd easily take care of all the people even if they only took it, like even if it took 10 minutes per soul and fairies also don't need to sleep as much as normal people so she even thought of that like it's the math checks out, Nate. Yeah, was, this will be what we put at the end. <laughs> Ben's, Ben's bad faith criticism corner. <laughs> I see on here that you asked uh, if a fairy family invested in big oil and lobbied against sensible climate policies. I'm going to go with yes. Almost assuredly. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. Because... I mean, they may have. It's 
I don't know where all my money is, truth be told. I got a couple mutual funds. I don't know what they're doing. But I don't think her father was that type of dude. No, but maybe his predecessor. Do you know how long ago his predecessor was? No, do you? I, it was hundreds of years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm, okay. Declan is like 80 years old. And yet Casey is only 25? Yeah, and that's probably why he needed a second wife. Declan is biologically related to her, though. Oh. Deck and Casey are from the same mother. Oh, boy, that's weird. Yeah. No, because Declan... Okay, Declan's been working at the ENP place for 15 years, and Casey... I think he had just started that job when Casey was 10. Casey's 25 now. So Declan... Oh, boy, either way, he's at least, like, at least 10, 15 years older than her. Casey was probably an accident. Hmm. Maybe her mother just died of natural causes. Just age-related illness. All right. Are are you done with the... The bad faith criticism corner. We'll stick that at the end. I'll be honest. I forgot why I didn't even like this book. Like, I, I my mind is, <laughs> was there sex in this book? Was it just meth? 